to the Soul Savage Podcast. I'm your host, Q Lynn Green. We're back with another special guest. Another immaculate guest. It's just, I feel like we just nonstop have great guests, and this guest we have on is nothing less but amazing talent. Just an a all-around great musician, phenomenal drummer. She's, a, she's toured with the best musician. She's a conglomerate of the great Venus band of just some amazing ladies, talented ladies. It all just released a new EP August 2022 called Pots and Pans. And but yeah, it's just fantastic. And we, we got the lovely Miss Jay Latoya on. How are you doing? Hey, hey, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Thanks for having me on the show. Thanks for having me on the show again. It's my second time. Right. So I'm glad right. you guys brought me back. Yeah. Yeah. I I had to. I was like, man, what did I ask you last time? Because I remember I interviewed you. And I was like, because archived on my website, and I was like, I don't want to ask her the same question. So I'm gonna try to try to. It might be some of the same, but I'm gonna try to make it sound like it's new for the people that haven't heard it. But I like to get to the beginning of our uh, being sort of like a, a musical genesis, if you will. Uh, kind of blasphemous, but we're gonna go with that because it sounds good to me. So, but okay. I'm gonna go with that. <laughs> uh, what? Okay, so I know you're in uh, church, Pentecostal church to be exact. What I always ask musicians this because I always want to know what goes on it, what went on in their head that made them want to uh, play music. And so, was there anything in particular, like whether if it was a church or just randomly watching tv was there like any what inkling came over you to want to be or was it a drummer was it playing the piano with a specific instrument but what what was it they want to play was it who who or who exactly were you watching that made it made you want to play music okay so it's twofold so i'll say i uh first saw my brother play and um you know, when he wasn't home or anybody was home, I would sneak and play his drums. So that's kind of my first introduction to drums. But um, I was, I think I tell my age every time I tell this story, but I grew up around the Arsenio Hall um, show and he had a female drummer, mm-hmm. Terry Lynn Carrington. And I remember seeing her play and I was very intrigued with her playing. And from there, it was just something I feel like drums chose me. Like, I always loved drums. And like I said, I would sneak and play. And uh, I ended up getting my big opportunity one Sunday night. Nobody was at church to play the drums. And I asked, can I play? And the rest is history. And that was probably about 1990 when I started playing in church. Yeah, got my start. So. So you just hopped on. It was just like I just hopped on because so, I, so, and I, told on. You, I would I would sneak and play at home so I could play a little bit. Okay. And nobody mm-hmm. knew it. Like you know, I would play in the garage with you know back when the records and stuff. You know, I would play along with the records and um, you know 
again nobody knew I could play so when I got on I, I wasn't a professional but I did I was doing better than the other people that kept you know different ones would try to play the drums at church and they just no they just yeah they weren't they weren't doing it but yeah what so. are they supposed to yeah mm-hmm yeah yeah. Was, was, it, was it any time that you fell out of playing it in church or was it just like, oh, I'm going to do this, like play every Sunday? Was there like any time to where it was like, you know, what, I'm playing church? So, OK, again, when I started playing, it wasn't popular for females to play. So even though I could play, I really didn't get an opportunity to play unless it was like all friend or altar call. So I figured out, I said, well, I knew none, none of the musicians were going to come to church during the week. So I'll go to church mm-hmm. on Friday nights and I'll play then. And I had the drums to myself and I would get off beat, trying to roll and doing all that thing. But that's where I kind of practice and learn how to start getting better. You know, it was every Friday night. You know, I would get on the drums and just try to figure it out. Uh, so, when was it that uh, playing music clicked for you in terms of like really understanding like how not necessarily styles and patterns, but um, I guess I guess calling it connect dots. When did that for you in terms of like really like oh, this is like like with gospel, like for me. Um, I didn't understand gospel music. Uh, I played, I was jazz and gla- classically trained. And so gospel music was like a whole different world. But then when I played it, I'm, oh, this is like jazz and blues. Like, oh, if I, and if I, improv. You know, yeah. it was like, like improv is that same energy. But was there any like, like connect? Cause I know like, not to throw your age out there, but you grew up around like with Hezekiah Walker, those, right. like those big choirs that were, was 90s and the the emergence the emer- uh, emergence of hip-hop and r&b was happening and it kind of transferred over with like commission and kurt franklin and all those yeah. uh, cats mm-hmm. uh gospel though merging those worlds together was that a part of learning music or making it click for you or was it uh something else uh learning it in school okay so i'll say i'll say this Learning, playing in the band in school helped me with structure of the song, like the mm-hmm. format of a song. Because, you know, when you're in the band, you have the chorus, you have the first. But that helped me with the structure of the song, which helped me to understand gospel music. So, but, and then I grew up listening to like, yeah, like the Commission and Thompson Community Choir and those, like, I mean, the Hawkins and just learning how they approach music was different. It wasn't like, to me, it wasn't um, more like improv. It was like everything was so structured. And so even now when I play, I'm, I'm a type of player. I don't mind vibing, but I, like, if that's what we gonna, if, if we gonna do this, this is the structure of the song. Are we gonna do it twice? You know, I mean, I can do it that, but me personally, I like structure. And I think that just came right. from me my in my um, foundation. I started with the band and it really helped me understand music and like just yeah it's the structure that's that's the foundation of it so yeah it's such a underrated thing i um, i feel like i don't want to sound we're old 30s 30 plus 40 it's like we're in that age group to where like 
if we had mentor musical mentors, they're usually like in their 70s now or 80s. So we're learning their style because usually uh, they they were in their prime in their 70s. Style music, it was always a one take type of style. And if you messed up, it's right. like you start from yeah. the top. It wouldn't know, oh, we about to like like stumble through Go. this thing. It's like, no, mm-hmm. we're start from the top. And, yeah. a, and it's like a big thing that I noticed with church musicians and then doing professional gigs. It kind of church musicians, they kind of bring the energy of like the whole shit. We don't have a problem with shedding or anything like that. It's just, okay, what are we doing with this? And it's like taking that to a gig that might be your last gig if you like pick the wrong right, vibe. Yeah, you just want yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and it's like playing for other musicians. It's like, I feel like, uh, I don't even think that's an age thing. Musicians, they want to play for other musicians, and it's like they not right. always buying the music. <laughs> it goes, and, that's, and, and yeah. that's what I have to tell. Like when I'm producing a record, I have to tell people I'm working with. I'm like, you know, we want to let the uh, average consumer that knows nothing about singing, nothing about riffs and runs, we want them to understand the music. So if we're doing all this, they're not gonna understand mm-hmm. that. They just know what feels good, you know? And mm-hmm. so I'm like, maybe in the live show we can do that, but you know, for the most part, we want people to be able to appreciate and feel the music, you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yes, I mean, but when that time comes for you to do your solo, hey, have at it. But you know, when we playing a song, like let's play this music and everybody just showcase their talent, but not try to shine that's right. not your time to shine yeah so and i think that's the the study of like whatever it is if it's ri- original material or classic material it's like understanding what the song is saying or what it's uh, yes what yeah. it's required like it could be a guitar driven song it could be a bass driven and it Absolutely. could be like a, a more of a acoustic style or it could be more uh rhythmic uh, driven where you hear mm-hmm. more percussion certain artists they'll that that might be their signature style like Chan. that funk style is a lot of percussions a lot of bass driven songs so mm-hmm. it's like yeah when you playing for her it's like of course she may that's what it's yeah, like solo or drum mm-hmm. solo mm-hmm. yeah because she wants yeah. that but not that doesn't requ- that certain songs require a certain energy so if you're doing that on every song it's like are it's you really paying attention yeah it's not gonna translate yeah i'm just really big on that i feel like with this platform options on to really just give the real because a lot of because i can't i can't tell you how many people inbox me dm me email me talking about how to get a gig it's like do you understand it's levels to being a musician it really is trying to be do you want to uh, teach? Do you want to do you want to do because that is the lane for that is backing musician, touring musician. Do you want to do, do that? Studio, yeah. Yeah. Like, do you yeah, want to do studio? Like it's like, but you know what's so crazy about that? Little John Roberts told me something, and when he said it, I was like, that don't make sense. So I'm, I'm going to tell you what he told me. So he told me he said thirty percent of gigging no not even gigging he said playing playing 30 percent of playing is i mean 30 percent of gigging is playing the other 60 is you how you interact with other people are you a team player he was like people will take somebody that can't play 
that can get along with everybody. He said, especially if you're touring, you on a bus longer than you are on the stage. And so yes. just learning those things, like you talking about gigging and stuff, like how well do you work with other people? So a lot of people like, I'm on a gig. Yeah, like how is your attitude? Like, can do you mm -hmm. work well with other people? It's beyond your plan. Like, you know, just get people to understand that. Like you said, it's 30% plan, 60% personality. And at first I was like, oh, that don't make sense. But then when I thought about it, I'm like, no, that makes absolutely like it makes sense. Like you spend more time outside the stage than you are. So just getting people to uh, have a good person, you know, good personality, great energy. All of those things matter as it relates to you gigging, you know. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I just I'm just in the belief of like, the punctuality of being a musician. It's always the go-to thing. Like, I, I can't think of one gig to where that was. Like, most of the gigs I got was because I just showed up. <laughs> I'm just being real. Right. It was like, oh, yeah. And then, I, like, oh, well, this here's this gig. And then it's like, oh, she always shows up. Or she always, it's like you start building a reputation of, like, Absolutely. oh, that's dope. Mm -hmm. But then there's also that fine line of, okay, is this an opportunity or inconvenient? And it's always that space but can you talk on that have you any experience of like trying to distinguish between uh opportunity or if it's inconveniencing your growth as a musician well here's the thing i think at one point i just didn't care who i played with so i would just take gigs but now like you said with growth like i want to know who am i playing with it am i going to enjoy it because now it's bigger than money. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to get paid a lot of money and then not enjoy, like, what I'm doing. So just learning and just trying to figure out who's on the gig, what does the gig require? Is it going to, you know, is like you said, is it going to be an opportunity for me to get something else? Or is it going to be where I'm going to be dreading going? So, you know, like, a lot of times I ask a lot of questions. Okay. You know, it's beyond. The, I, I want to get paid. Don't get me wrong, but it's some mm -hmm. other key parts. Like, am am I doing this? Get? I'm gonna have to go. Am I have? Am I going to have to be at the venue all day? You know, just to mm -hmm. do your gigs, asking questions, and you know, little things like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, yeah, like I said, just trying to figure out is the opportunity gonna make sense at the end of the day, beyond financial. You know, right. So, mm hmm. I want to know with that same vein of questioning, has there like ever been a moment to where like, you know what, this isn't fun for me, like taking certain gigs, taking it just cause, but when, when did it change for you in terms of the fun? Cause I feel like it can, it, doing gigs, it can be like a nine to five if doing music. You don't really care for, or you working for artists. You don't really care. We had that moment. And if you yes, did, when I did have, it change? A, what changed for you? Okay, so I'll say this. The the whole female band thing, it sometimes cannot be fun for me because you have different levels of musicianship. So everybody wants mm -hmm. to have the whole female band, but it's like, you know, you have some musicians, they look great, and that's what the artist wants, but they don't have talent. So I remember um, auditioning for this girl. She was on Puffy's Making the Band. And so, I mean, she had some really good female players. 
they chose this one girl. She had just started playing bass maybe three or four months, but she had a look. So when it got to rehearsal, it was like the girl was fumbling through trying to play the music. And I'm sitting there like, mm -hmm. man, I've been playing, you know, over 20 something years. And now I'm playing with somebody only been playing with three months and you choose her because she mm -hmm. has a look like for me. I'm like, this is no, this is not fun for me. Like it just, yeah. And so I got to a point, I told the artist, I'm like, hey, I understand you don't want to go for a look, but I'm like, this is not, yeah, it's not going to work. It's not going to work. I, so, yeah, yeah, it's just, I mean, that's the thing. It's like, it's starting to come off like people with this whole female band. It's a gimmick, you know? Right. And that, yeah, it takes the fun out of them. Like, it's tons and tons of great female musicians out here. They may not have the look that you're going for, but they have the talent. So you take the mm -hmm. look over talent? Like, mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah, sometimes I, that for me can be not be fun. Is there, is there, uh, was it a certain age where it's like, you know what, it's not, if I can't really respect the artists that I'm working for or the bandmates, it's like, uh, was it a certain age where that happened or a certain moment where yeah, you just I'm, made I'm that? Yeah, I'm gonna be honest with you, after the music Soul Child gig, I was just like, yeah, um, I mean, we. that's how, kind of how Venus was formed because like <clears throat> being on the music gig at that time, some of the players that we had were on there by default, you know? Mm -hmm. And then it was like, we need to do our own thing. And mm -hmm. that kind of, you know, made us kind of separate the two. But yeah, it's just, you know, I got to a point I'm like, I'm too, and at that time, I think I was like maybe 29, 30. So I'm like, oh, you know, you t turn 30 and everything is just, oh, I'm 30. I, I'm like, I'm too old to be dealing with this. Does it, does it make sense? I'm not going to force myself to do anything that doesn't provide me pleasure just, just to make some money. Like, no, like it, I feel like every situation may not be for you and you have to be okay with that. And so, and especially right. now, I'm when I say I'm very particular, I'll be like, okay, wait, who's playing? That before I even ask about the money, who's playing? What is all it required? I mean, I ask all that. Then right. I'm like, well, now what's the money? Now does all of this make sense at the end of the day? Because again, I want to have fun. If I gotta roll my drums out, and you talking about a hundred dollars? No, my <laughs> my cars take ninety three gas. Like no, right? You know, or if it's, if I'm playing with my friends. I'm like, okay, it's not paying anything, but I get mm -hmm. the chance to play with my friends. So, you know, just picking and choosing right. what, yeah, what makes sense at the end of the day. So, yeah. Just to go back a little bit, you were talking about the Arsenio Hall. Were there any other musicians you were looking at, like, growing up to where it was like, man, because I know for me, it was like, I love watching award shows. Like that's what really caught my like not just in church seeing musicians like getting that experience, but watching a, a live award shows. Ricky Minor was like that go-to cat for like yes. the nineties. Mm -hmm. I know Adam Blackstone is doing his thing now. You know, but you know, yeah, no, yeah, like Ricky, one of my yeah, top favorites, Minor. Ricky Minor. Yeah, he was I think the, the go-to guy. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and I remember. Yeah. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just saying, no, watching Ricky, Ricky Minor, watching 
the award shows live and how he was conducting uh, behind them certain gigs, uh, I mean, certain award shows towards like a prestigious award. Like they were, it was like with uh, the NAACP sponsoring, like those kind of award shows that were like Academy Award type of thing. He was conducting and then it was more loose, like AMAs or the Billboard Awards. Like it, you could see the different styles of like, oh, this is this is what it means to like get these kind of uh, uh, great musicians together that were on top of their game. Was there any right. musicians like that that stuck to you when you growing up watching them? Okay, I'm glad you asked that because <clears throat> so again, I'm in the '90s. You know, I'm looking at Little John Roberts. I'm looking at Jeremy Haynes, Cheryl Harper, Dow. Here's the crazy thing. These are people, oh, Michael Williamson Commission. These are all people oh, yeah. that I looked up to, right? And so mm-hmm. now I have a relationship with them. And sometimes, like, I'll be talking to them and I'll be like, I'm trying not to be a fan. And they'd be like, no, like, we family or we good. I'm like, but you don't understand. Like, I watch right. y'all growing up. Like, sometimes, like, Jeremy Haynes comes to my studio and he'll be playing. And I'm literally like, and he like sis. <laughs> I'm like, you're somebody that I grew. I remember telling even little John Roberts, Cheryl Harper. I'm like, y'all. I grew up watching y'all. I have y'all phone numbers. Like we talk. Like we have relationships. Right. And to have those like type of relationships with people that you grew up and am- admiring, like that's cr- incredible to me. I'm like, I never in a million years thought that I would. You know, the people that I grew up watching and you know basically i can call y'all my mentors i can call y'all and right. ask y'all questions you know it's just that's a blessing like never in a million years would i ever think that i would have these relationships with these people that i literally grew up watching studying you know so that yeah. oh my god you spoke how i feel most of the times because i'll be talking to certain and they be like sis hey i'm like dude do you realize like I right. I'm like, like yeah, I'm your, your big what fan. I'm doing. Yeah, I'm like such a huge fan of you. And it's like, like sometimes, like musicians. I feel like we get more starstruck with other musicians than rip like the celebrities. Like, yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. Because with Anita Baker, I went to one of her shows, and I remember Frank McComb was playing. I was more excited to see. <laughs> Even though right. Anita Baker is my top five of like all time right. singers, but it's like, who, yeah, no, I get it. Yeah, it was I like I beeline straight to to the musician more than the the singer or celebrity. Yeah, that's yeah. that's how I was. Yeah. So I um one Sunday, so Michael Williams used to play drums for um well he's part of commission. I had him come to the mm-hmm. church and run sound. So I was introducing him. He introduced himself to the people. Hey, I'm Michael. I'm like, y'all, y'all don't know who this is. And they're like, no, who is he? I'm like, this is Michael Williams of commission. Like, I'm going like, this is who I grew up listening to. And he like, oh, girl, I'm, don't do that. I'm like, no, like you, I'm telling him, I'm like telling him all the songs that I love that he played and blah, blah, blah. And he's just like, okay. I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, just let me have my moment. Like, right. Know? But yeah, so I, uh, and they be home too. It. It's like like Chef Crawford like uh, produced for like Deborah Cox. Every yeah yeah. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sitting there talking to him. I'm like, dude, do you know I used to play all your R&B songs in church? Like it was. I was like, I understand gospel. Montel Jordan. I remember him. Uh, MD Montel Jordan. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. 
he'd play all these gospel books. I'm like, dude, I used to, and he'd be like, oh, that, you know, I'm, I'm pastoring now. I'm like, dude, you're like such a big figure. Like, you just you're act a like. Big thing, you're a big thing, right. Yeah, and I like, love yeah. just humble. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, yeah. So, yeah, no, I, I, but I, 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 I relate to that 100%. And it's, it's to me, I feel like it's certain artists and missions. It's like when you really look at their catalog, it's like, how did they come up with that? But then I, I play music and you make music. It's like, oh, it is a divine gift because for you to come up with nothing, for that to, for Stevie Wonder to come up with the songs he came up with for Prince and, and you know, all those. Michael Jackson, like those stellar artists that we, mm -hmm. we have, it's like, wow, how did y'all come up with that? And then certain and making timeless, they making timeless music, but then I think at the time they didn't really have, they didn't have the pressures that we have now. Like I feel like now yeah. the record labels are so big on like making sure they got a one hit wonder. Like no, these songs were timeless. They were writing these songs not trying to get number one hits. They were just writing how they felt. And I think people should yeah. go back to that. Yeah. So and I I remember talking the Robert Coolbill of Cool in the Gang, and they were like 15, 16 making those songs. And it's like, like what? It's like their first debut album. It's like summer the the, the summer madness that's that's by almost every genre, over 300 plus samples. It's like, oh, we were just having a jam. Making session. music, right? Making music. And, Don't yeah. They and it's like yeah. hours long jam sessions get this structure and then Maurice White Earth Fire is like creating all these composing all these great arrangements. and it's like you just sit there and listen to it and it's like it seems like complex but it's real simple but the way it's like, okay this is what the string arrangement is doing Every, everything oh, has yes. everything mm -hmm. has its place so, yes. and so, yeah and so when you listen to it it's like it feels like a lot taken in but it's like no actually if you just break it apart it, it everybody has their moment their role they play mm -hmm. music mm -hmm. and it's like but yeah i i talking about that because it's like we have pinnacles of artists that are just that one to rotate to more did you have artist musician to where they're like where you listen to their music and it's like oh this is the pinnacle you have that artist or musician um it just see i do stuff in in different genres like so for mm. like i love phil collins and I don't know, maybe because mm. he's a drummer, but his music was so musical to me. I like Mac Michael McDonald. Like, it just, it's something, he just got that soul. So it's just, it's just some, you know, stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, those are... Michael McDonald. It's like, and then also, he's like, that. that's the beautiful thing about those artists that grew up in the 70s and 80s. Like, they didn't mind lending their voices when they could. Like, it would just be background vocals or or just laying down some keys or bass parts in the studio and then you don't even they're not even credited for it they just love the music so right. like michael mcdonald is credited on so many artists music like with uh uh george benson's uh give me the night album produced by quincy jones and rod tipperton like he's singing background on it like he wrote on it co-wrote on it but he's singing background 
on I think just one record on there, but it, people don't know that. And it's wow. just with Babyface, he's written all these different music with, with LA Reed, like like it was wasn't recently until I realized he they wrote for the whispers. I was like, I didn't know they wrote that. Like uh no, I didn't know they wrote for the whispers. The mood wow. and uh Rocksteady. I didn't know they wrote that. Rocksteady. You know? Okay. Mm-hmm. And I found wow. it out I think like eight or nine years ago I found it. I was like, I didn't know they wrote that. But yeah, it's like artists like that, they sing background on records. Babyface is known for that. He still sings background on people's records and and you he'll, even he'll just you you don't even know unless you know their voice specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But but I, I say that because I feel like it's certain artists. It's like that's I feel like you get a certain style, and I feel like you have such a eclectic style of like it's just a fusion of sounds. Yeah, like, that's me. Cause like that just like yeah, just like like um probably about. Maybe three or four weeks ago, I finally got a chance to go see Anita Baker. And it was like, mm. honestly, hearing Anita Baker at that concert was like, like nostalgia, taking me back to a kid listening to her. Like, I'm like, how do you mm-hmm. still give me that feeling? And these songs got to be at least 30 years old, like 30 years old right. plus. You know, like, mm-hmm. are they making artists like that anymore? Like, is it still artists like that around? Like, just, yeah. Uh- it is. I think mostly because how we grew up, like it, we were so conditioned with radio because everything we got was through either radio, TV, like even yeah. movie soundtracks. Like we they were like they would be huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like record labels. They made that a part of the marketing in terms of like when the movie came out, like you absolutely connected it with the music soundtrack. So sometimes when I hear songs, it's like the movie as soon as I hear it, because I'm like, oh, yeah. Like, when I hear mm-hmm. uh, the Whitney uh, or Mary J. Blige's Not Gonna Cry, I automatically associate it with the movie because uh, yeah, it was like a yeah. package mm-hmm. deal when it came out. Like, even watching it on BET, when they would show the video, they would have little clips of the movie in the video. And so my right. mind is automatically mm-hmm. associated to it. And I think now we just, those of us that were grew up that way where radio was everything tv was everything mm-hmm. like everything mm-hmm. we got because social media and we didn't have streaming services no, to watch nothing it was like yes. if it came on at that time if you missed and it, you it's not, you missed or you either or you vhs it. it right yeah, video right, paper you just had. missed it yeah mm-hmm. yeah and mm-hmm. those things weren't cheap back everybody didn't have it wasn't like now where you had access to internet Absolutely. and stuff now it was like everybody didn't have access to a vhs tape so if or cable mm-hmm. so if you didn't see it oh you didn't man see it. yes yes oh uh, we talking a whole different talk now we just yes. at least 10 percent <laughs> of the under 30 club talking about this right VHS. right right yeah but just back to your point i think it's a lot now it's just we we've grown i think some of us grown lazy because i know uh through the question Army's dead thing but it's like no it's actually been thriving for a good 10 yeah, 10, yeah 10, it has. 10, it's yeah. just because you had like PJ because I remember PJ Morton like even with his Maroon 5 days when he was coming up his first because I remember writing about it and seeing him live like when I would do shows and see him opening for certain artists like oh he's great but the music it was like it was like he was trying to find himself and so when he dropped gumbo, when he dropped his one claustrophobic, it's like, oh, that's what you were trying to go through. Cause he was trying to balance what the label, what his sound was. Yeah. And he's like, I just relate 
good music, but yeah. we found what worked for him. It worked, yeah, because you know, like lane. PJ, PJ started out before he went solo. He had this group called Freestyle Nation, and that's like my friend was playing. Yeah, so that's when I found out about him, and I was like, man, this guy is like a mixture of like a D'Angelo, like a mixture of. Prince, Donnie, and I love right. that. So yeah, yeah, Donnie, like Stevie. So like you said, he was mm-hmm. trying to find his sound, like see what works. But he, uh, he got, he got it now. Matter of fact, I went to go see him last night, and I meant to tell you the sh- this new show is yeah. right, 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 so amazing. So yeah, yeah, it's like artists, artists him, and then it's like it's like when you see them up different. It's like you see them go from those small shows to doing arenas that's when i'm like this is this is what it's yeah, about yeah like yeah. even like other crossover artists like lizzo like i remember in innocent pack like i remember seeing them doing the small shows and working their way up like being in festivals in the lineup seeing them perform and they before and who they are now it's like seeing that it's like can't hate on that it's like whether you like yeah but people don't really people don't want to take yeah. that time and and go through the stages of starting from the bottom and working themselves is they people want to kind of put a, pro, a project out and they want to be on top it's like i uh, feel it like don't you work should like start from the yeah you should start from the bottom and learn everything you can uh pros and cons and by the time you get get to the top it's like second nature so yeah mm-hmm. like but yeah artists like that it's like when you see them really hustle and grind and they say r&b and also they they took the time to understand how this thing works. It's, it 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 can be a machine as an independent art. Yeah, as an independent yeah. artist, like you. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah. It could be a machine, but it's like you can once you learn how to master it and how it works. Then because I've seen PJ do it, he was work how he works his way through the Grammys. Like he realized, okay, I have to campaign for my music. Layla had the same way. Let it see the same way. They don't mm-hmm. just show up when it's award time. It's like no, they have summer things for the kids like the grammys mm-hmm. have all these things you know like if you're a grammy right. member like yes, you're, yes. you're associated mm-hmm. with that and so they like realize okay yeah. mm-hmm. let me let me do these gigs here at the grammy these grants so when it's time for for us to start voting for each other then people are, you know, yeah, they don't know people, you. but they don't but people don't realize it's more to it than just a lot of different artists were mad because their music wasn't now it's like no you can't just wait like months before line to put your music out. No, the work starts before then. And then I think PJ realized that Layla, uh, because I seen them like working these, working those events and getting to where they're at, where now they're Grammy award winning, not they Grammy nominated, they're Grammy winning because they put the work in. A lot of people don't see that because they don't understand that the music business is not just focused on the music, it's the business. The and you have to understand yeah. mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. a business and a lot of people don't like and because i had to get out of that mind frame because i hate promote myself it's weird being in that space you're your own marketing team yeah it, yeah it can be you gotta you gotta do yeah. it yep yeah it could be a what, whole lot what what is it i i guess i should say because i'm sure you know, and bruises along the way with your journey but was a moment to where it was like it not it don't have to be uh dramatic or anything like that or something it just was there a moment to where it was like this is what i like you realize this is 
Shepard's journey being a musician? Like, was there any, like, a, it, it don't even be just like, oh, I'm supposed to be doing this type of moment. So, yeah, I'll probably say from, like, 2012 until maybe about 2015, I was at a point like, oh, yeah, no, I don't want to be a musician like that. I want to do something else. I've played music all my life. I want to do something else. But then, I don't know, one day, I don't know if I was playing for somebody or if I was working on on music, and it hit me like, like, no, you're supposed to be doing music. But here's the thing. You also can do other things to provide balance. Right. So then I started saying, okay, I'm more than a drummer. Like, I do play drums, but I do other things, whether it be produce or songwriting. Mm-hmm. Or now I'm into, like, you know, flipping houses and things like that. So I feel like that helps keep me balanced. But, yeah, it was at, at one point I was like, no, like, I don't want to do music. I don't want to do... And then, I don't know, it's like a aha moment. It was like, boom, like, this is what you're supposed to be doing. Your music is going to fund all of your businesses. Mm. Like, you you know, and so, and that's what the last couple of years I've been doing. So if I get tired of music, I'll take a break. I'll do something else, but I'll come back to it. Like, this is what mm-hmm. I'm called to do, music. And it's beyond just me playing drums. So that once I got to that point, I think I understood like, okay, yeah, music is what I'm supposed to be doing. Not playing drums, music. Right. So, mm-hmm. That, uh, what you just said, it speaks to a lot. I think uh, musicians struggle with that. Cause I know a lot of them, they, especially during this pandemic, or I don't even know if we're out of it. Cause it keeps, you know keeps changing every every mm-hmm. week or whatever mm-hmm. but for the most part we're out of it now but it's like okay it was during the pandemic it was a lot of struggling with oh there's no gigs <laughs> what am i supposed to do what am like, i gonna do now? yeah what am i doing now and so i think that's also that too i think you you're speaking on a lot of stuff that are always in terms of it has to be more than this. Like, is our gift leading us to something else? Like, okay, the music is opening doors in certain spaces. Like, people know who we are. They like our stuff, whatever, whatever. What's more to it? And it's like, I think everybody has their own journey and their own purpose. And I think once you tap into that, I feel like you could be unstoppable. So are do you feel like, the place you're at now, do you feel like you're in an unstoppable place or do you like have more to do? I feel like I have more to do. I'm tell you that the pandemic, I'll probably say it woke well, I always was creative, but I would always dumb myself down because I didn't want to feel like I'm trying to be too much and overshadow people. But when that pandemic happened, it was like it lit a fire up under me. And I mean, I was like, mm-hmm. all of my gifts that I have, I'm going to showcase them. And I started showcasing mm-hmm. them. And people were like, man, you so creative. I didn't know it, blah, blah, blah. And I used to be like, I used to be so embarrassed because I'm like, I didn't want to be that person that was a jack of all trades. But I'm like, I've been doing oh. stuff like this. But, you know, my friends mm-hmm. knew, but other people didn't know. But I feel like sitting in the house, there's nothing to do. So I'm like, mm-hmm. you know, let me showcase what I can do, whether it be me 
editing videos or me painting the house or real you know redecorating the house it's like all of my talents i like showcased it during the pandemic which now leads me to be like you know all these other things i want to do outside of music i want to open up a restaurant i want to do this i'm like i can't do it and i'm a and i am gonna do it mm -hmm. even with my project i remember waking up one morning I, well i've been talking about wanting to put out some new music and then one morning I woke up, I was like, look, let me put this album out because the way the pandemic was, people were dying, like young and old. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm not trying to die, but I'm like, I don't want to die with all this purpose in me. So I'm like, I want to get everything that I'm supposed to be doing out and die empty. And so one morning I woke up and I was like, I got a month and I'm putting my project out. And I did. And I'm like, but that that came from just being in the home, stuck at home, and not knowing like what the the next day is going to be. I feel like the pandemic really just changed everything for me. Changed my whole mindset. I'm like, you know, you live once. Like I'm living like mm -hmm. th there's no tomorrow. Right. So yeah you're you're transitioning perfectly because that's what I was going to talk about next is your new EP that dropped. Uh, fantastic. Uh, pots you, and pans. You. Listen, it's just, it's amazing. Like, can people talk about them tapping into it? And pots and pans to me, I just love that's another side of me as well. Like, the musician stuff is cool, but I love being a journalist where I can really delve into music and really get to the heart of it. And I fight bands just cohesively from, because I get pots and pans, it probably comes from your who you are your making of uh, that's probably how it started pots and pans beating on pots and pans and going back to Beats the basics yeah. mm -hmm. back to the basics just to i hear that those tracks it's like i get that feeling of whatever inspiration comes from inside of you i can feel that like glass of wine it's like one of my favorite listening to since i heard it and it oh it's just certain songs that stick out at me and certain songs that speak to my spirit and it's like i love these songs as well but certain ones it's like glass of yeah, wine and, is my and favorite i, I, I told my friend i said i don't see how parents do it it's like you know how you say you don't have a favorite child and that's how i felt so it's like i told mm -hmm. you i woke up one morning and i was like okay i want to put this project out by my birthday so i had a month i only had mm -hmm. one song and a possible so then <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I need two more songs. So I got the two right. more songs and that glass of wine. I really wanted to have lyrics on it, but time was just not on my side. So listening to it, I'm like, regardless if it has lyrics or not, it still felt good. And so I'm mm. just like, I wanted the project to be cohesive, but like in times before, I didn't really have enough time to really overthink it. So it was kind of like, I'm putting this out and this is just me being transparent. Like what it is is what you're going to get. If you like it, cool. If you don't, you know, it's, it's fine. I'm okay with it. And it was like, I literally had to be okay with it. Cause I usually, when I work on projects, I listen to it. I listen to it. I change this. Change. I did not have the time to do that. I literally had a month to do four songs and <clears throat> that's what it came out to be and i was like and i just response i got it's people like i'm loving it and i'm like 
I've t- like I didn't take the time that I would spend on a project and put this out and people loving it. I've spent months working on other things and thinking, oh, this is the one. And people are like, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah. So I'm like, but I guess I'm like, maybe it was just organic and it was just like, you know, just pure. Like, that's just me. That's how I was feeling. Like, I remember, so my friend saying she wrote, um, when you're here it was on her project from mm-hmm. 2018 so we're i'm going through stuff trying to figure out a song for her project and i'm like that felt so good i'm like i want to put this on my project and i was like hey i want to use this song and she was like you think so i'm like what i'm hearing in my head this needs to go on my project and i mean <laughs> it's so crazy because the singers love it yes and I remember talking to the guy that um, sang the lead. He was just like going back and forth. I don't feel like I sang it, you know, as good as I needed to. And I said, listen, people want to feel the emotion. They don't care about what are you doing, riffs and that. I said, when you got to that end, I felt the emotion. I said, I feel good about it. Like, I felt like yeah. you were saying, you know. And I'm like, that's yeah. what music is about. It's soul music. Like people want to feel your mm-hmm. emotion. So again, I feel like this is the most purest album that I've ever put out. And I haven't put anything out in seven years. So, you know, yeah, it's been a minute. I since a Christmas album that I did in 2015. So you, you know, and the, You said it's not cohesive, but it is. It's like I'll explain it. It's like when you hear it, the introduction, it's like going into it. It's like you're setting the scene of like the pots of pans, even the cover art. It's like to me that the cover art is 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 it goes with the album as well. Cause yeah, even though it's just you I wanted, I wanted people I wanted to make sense because like so my aunt my auntie, like she was the one that was the church organist slash over the music department. So when I went to go play drums at 10, I asked her, hey, auntie, can I play? And she was like, yeah, just keep your dress down. And so just to have her introduce me, I took that <laughs> off of a video that she had talked about me the year before she, not, yeah, the year before she died. I took that clip okay. off a of video. And I was just like, mm-hmm. I mean, I cried like, listening to it but i'm like i wanted her on my album to introduce me and it was perfect and i'm like you know hopefully people get it because she talked about how i was traveling and blah 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 and literally you know she would be fussing at us like not be doing all that fancy and crazy stuff during church and it was like Mm -hmm. people could hear that you know and then like the whole concept from pots and pans i came up with that during the pandemic I remember putting it in my phone and I told Jeremy Haynes, I say, hey, I got this concept. I want to talk about pots and pans. And he was like, I love that title. And I'm like, most people that start out playing drums start out beating on their mom's pots or t- pots and the tin pans. Right. So, you know, that's kind of what, you know, I just like, I wanted people to grasp it. And I feel like mm-hmm. people have really been getting that concept. And so, like, even mm-hmm. with, you know, the mason jar, my father ended always drunk out of a mason jar. So mm-hmm. that was the reason why I named one of the songs, you know, mason jar and then that glass of wine. Listening to the song, I'm like, I ain't gonna lie, probably up until the week before I released the project, I didn't have names for 
mason jar or a glass of wine. But the more I kept listening to a glass of wine, I'm like, it makes me want to just pour wine, like unwind. And then after listening right. to how I set the songs up, Lonely When You're Not Here, you need a glass of wine after that. Like, you know, right. so just trying to <laughs> make the album make sense. So, yeah. You know, you sound like I um, talked with D Mills uh, some months back. Uh, he he um, uh, put out uh, a couple albums, and one of his albums, Prism, he said most of his songs, he because it was mostly instrumentation, okay. multi instrumental. So his his music is so like vibey. It's like he's like, oh, I didn't even have titles for any of it. It was just it wasn't until after I made the album that's when I went back to name the song. My friend Jamar. Uh, he said that as well he was just creating and you're in a, still in a class of great songwriters and producers that said the same thing like Marshall she said that before the way what you're describing she said that and Bilal I asked him what uh, was he put out he was like oh I did that it only took five minutes I'm like because it was so complex the instrumentation like mm-hmm. real live mm-hmm. instrumentation he wrote uh, work with um, with uh uh, Muhammad from uh, Ali Muhammad from uh, from Tribe Quest from Tribe Quest and Young, and it's like, what are you talking about? It only took you five minutes to write, but again, a divine gift. You're you're talking in the likes of people that have divine, that can cohesively make music that makes sense and people gravitate to because even if it's not perfect, people connect to the the approach yes. and because it's it's the passion and the, the overall in and gave to the album i can feel it so yeah and this so you know what's so crazy so with this project i um i didn't want to send files back and forth so i told my mm-hmm. friends i gave them my vision i'm like listen i want to go old school where we all in we're in the same room cutting at the same time mm-hmm. and it was like even i said i want people to be able to feel what we're feeling the energy in the studio and so mm-hmm. they were like cool let's do it so then like when they came up they came to atlanta we and i told you i only had two songs like uh, that was really solid and mm-hmm. i was like well we'll just send the files you know with the other two and they were like no we gonna get together mm-hmm. we need to figure out what week we go and it was like we got together again and recorded and it was like and i'm like maybe that's why the energy people say they love it from top to bottom because you know usually you mm-hmm. listen to a record you like okay i like one or two songs but not the whole thing right. and it's like i've been getting so much good feedback which i told you because i put it out and i didn't have any expectations I was like, regardless mm-hmm. if people like it or not, I'm okay with it, you know. But I mean, the feedback has really been really good. One of my friends told me she said the only thing negative I have to say is you didn't let me sing on it, and I was like, okay, <laughs> that's fair, you know. Right, so, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. The, listen, but you yeah. should listen. This is, I mean, a EP. Even though it's not a, a, a LP album, it it's. It's as solid as an LP joint to me. Because um, this is a type of thing, music that I like listening to that makes me think that really, because I try to look at it from the artist standpoint of how they, because a lot of times when music journalists write, they want to say how they feel. And it's like, you can't mm-hmm. really write like that. You got to write from a second. So I come from a second person perspective. First, 
to you know or third person point of view mm-hmm. you gotta look at it from mm-hmm. the, the outside in and that's how i look at it then i can groove to it and then i can be like right, right. oh this yes. shit go so hard I, yes. <laughs> yeah it's like oh man because i'm a musician i was man, this would be dope if i could if you ask a little bit of a hi-hat to this and i'll get to that shit easy but i'm like nah i'm mm-hmm. just gonna really listen to how they present it and when i do it that way what you're saying that's exactly it's like a natural vibe like it wasn't even if you did cut it two or three times take it just the energy the also the background vocals the the, the singer oh my god phenomenal shout outs to them when as well when i Those say that. it was just it just it just came together which is i mean i'm still kind of shocked because I, I told you like i literally was going like so I cut the maybe cut the vocals on Monday and Tuesday, then had the vo- uh, background. I mean, cut the music on Monday and Tuesday, and they had the vocals come in Friday. But the instrumentation was all cut together. But it was like I felt like I was racing the mm-hmm. clock, you know. And it was like, oh, yeah. when I initially, yeah, when I initially did it. So the reason why I put this album out is I wanted to showcase two things: me being a producer, me being a songwriter. Mm-hmm. People know I can play drums. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, what what is a way I can hit two birds with one stone, stone and showcase what I actually do? Because people always ask me, what do you do? You know, and I'm like, I play drums. <laughs> yeah, but what else do you do? And I'm like, I produce and I songwrite. And so then I was like, well, this is a way for me to market myself and people can hear my work. And, my, and I think the challenge was, if you can do this in a month, imagine if i had more time because i wanted to like add live horns and blah 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 and this and third you know live strings but i'm like what it was is what it was so i just wanted people to really hear what i can do as a producer or what i do as a producer outside of church church is second nature i can produce a church track with no problem so like with this i was Mm -hmm. like i don't want a whole lot of chords i don't want a whole lot of church changes I just want it to sound like old school soul, Sam Cooke, you know, Aretha Franklin type mm. music, you know, something that mm-hmm. people can just listen to from top to bottom. And that's, I felt like I accomplished yeah. that. So, mm-hmm. you, man, you, you said something so powerful with that. Cause and, and even though you were rushing, I get 100% what you're saying, because I feel like, do you feel like if you did do that, you, yourself out not to do it is that is that more of what the the, the inkling was or was it just no i, I just have I to get this change, done i would have kept changing stuff you know because when you listen to uh-huh. it you'll never feel like it's good enough you like right. I, I, okay i need to do this i need to do that i mean and i feel like that's a lot of times that's why people don't put music out and they compare their project to something else that's already out so you're like oh, my project don't sound as good no i was just like I love Robert Gillespie. I feel like I have a Robert Gillespie type song with the cla- a glass of mm-hmm. wine. You know, yeah. I wanted something soulful. I got the uh, when you're not here, soulful. I love like a snarky puppy with the instrumental. I feel, but it's not too much. It's like people can still yeah. appreciate it. So I felt like the things that I music that I like is what came out. You know, and so and then I, it's so crazy. So. Two of the songs, my friend wrote these songs in like 2019, 2020, just had them sitting on this hard drive. And I'm like, maybe 
God used me to help him. I'm like, you have all these amazing songs, like put this music out. And he told me, he was like, thank you for recording my songs. He was like, this has motivated me to start shopping my stuff. I'm like, glass of wine. He, it was just something that he was like playing for me. I'm like, okay, I want this. Then he played the mm. Mason jar. I'm like, I want that. And he's like, really? I got something else. I said, no. When I listen to stuff, I close my eyes and I see how it makes me feel. Those songs make yeah. me feel like good. Like you played a lot of stuff, but I'm like listening from feeling. And a lot of times when I produce, after it's all done, I close my eyes and I listen to it. And I want to see how do, does it make me feel does it make me? Does it, if it doesn't make me feel good, I'm like, either I need to take something out or I need to add more. So it's all about feeling with me. Yeah. Oh, you, you, I, I feel like you do shot. I felt that in a personal way, uh, personally attacked because I do that. Because <laughs> it's like, I'll be sitting on stuff and I'm like, I don't want to really either yet. But it's, you saying that, I'm like, now nah, I got to release it now. Now release you just motivate yes. me. Yes, I'm telling you. Because like, I'm like, oh, I don't got this. this stuff yeah, I can't. Drive. And you know, my friend was it's like, just me. I, mean, I, I just wanted, yeah. I want, it's more of a, I was like, I, I don't want people, I want them to hear me, but also it's like, I don't want it to be trash. Like, I don't want to, like, the, I don't want to have like thousands of dollars worth of equipment to record it, but it's just, I don't want it to look trash. But you motivate All you I, need I is a good, out. All you need is a good foundation. That's what I told my friend when he, he was like, when his songs are all, I said, I don't care it was done in two, 2020. I said, um, once we add the live instrumentation, I said, it'll be fine. He, you think so? Mm-hmm. I said, listen, trust me. Like, I, I, I could see the vision. And it was like, mm. his thing was, well, I, I did this a while ago. It's dated. And I'm like, it, all I'm just doing is bring life to it, you know? And right. so even with you, you have things that you say, oh, just, you know, maybe do live instrumentation or add something, add a stuff, a flute line or something to just enhance it. But yeah, no, get that right. stuff off your hard drive. Like, put that music out. You, you said that. And that's real. It's like, and that's what holds people up. Because I have friends as well that, you know, they don't want to do it because it may sound like something else or not even just in a musical space, just a content creator space. Mm-hmm. They don't leave it because it sound like somebody else, and it's like, nah, just do that. But it's like just I gotta follow it. that advice too. But yeah, just do it. It's like, yeah, man, that's mostly what the trouble is. Is like you get in your head, especially if you're a perfectionist. Of like, yes, yes, I'm thinking, you, this and, is my but, this is yeah. my motto. I, my motto is the only thing that we regret in life are the things we never try to do. And so I'm at a point mm-hmm. like even I was like even if this album bombed. I'm going to walk away with my head up because I'm going to say, you know what? This is something I can cross off my list that I said I wanted to do. You know? And when you, mm-hmm. I think when you have that expectation, like, regardless if it's good or not, I can, I did it. You know? Mm. So you won't live on, you won't live in regret. You don't, and I'm, I'm, I talk to people all the time and tell me, then in the 50s, oh, I feel like, you know, I missed out on my dreams and blah, 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 and this, that, third. And I was thinking to myself, I don't want to be 50 years old wishing upon a star. I want to say, you know what? When I was in my 30s and my 40s, I did. I put out a record. It was trash. But you know what? I put it out. You know? And what can you say? I, I put something right. out. You know? So that's what any, like you said, with any content, whatever it is, like, put it out. 
don't live in regret yeah. you know so the i got a couple more questions for you and then i'm okay. gonna play this game with you so i can let uh i gotta talk about this i i can't believe i almost forgot to mention the fabulous venus band let me just say oh, like, yes. I love like we were talking I love about all girl bands earlier you know how the gimmick I know y'all, this ensemble of musicians, y'all are just, oh, it's just, uh, I, y'all blow, I can't, I, it makes me speechless sometimes when I be trying to articulate like how dope this band is. Not just the gift and the talent, it's it's just a unspoken chemistry, it's an yeah, unspoken it's the energy. Like we, yeah, magic. we're friends for real. Yeah, we're friends yeah. for real. It, it, you know, it's so crazy. We used to have rehearsal, and it got to a point where we would have to say, okay, we're going to have to play. Because we were getting rehearsal and talk for like two <laughs> hours and catch up. Then we like, right. okay, wait, 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 we need to play. So I'm like, we had a friendship and a bond. And then the music was kind of like secondary. So when we did play, like, it came together. Like, you know, so yeah. I just yeah. I just want to say that Christmas special y'all did at the end of Christmas twenty twenty. I was I remember I was I just like left the gig that night. I think y'all dropped it. I think the door. I, I think I missed the live, but I watched it on YouTube. And I just I was dead tired. I'm telling you, it was like maybe eleven close to midnight. I was dead tired. Mm-hmm ready to go to sleep, about to wrap my hair up, everything, just about to go to sleep. And I was like, well, let me, I seen it, y'all promoting it, it on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, let me check this out real quick because I love it. It's like I was at a live show. I had goosebumps. I had an adrenaline rush. Like, you know that adrenaline rush you get as a musician when you want to play? Like, I was ready to play. Yes. Like, I, was, I felt like I was, I was like ready to jump in and play something with y'all. That's how I feeling. I'm like, I was sitting at the laptop, then I took it from the laptop to the main TV in the what? hotel. I'm like, yo, I was losing my mind. I, I was I, I was posting on Insta Store and people was was vibing with it. They was like, where's it? This is on YouTube. Check out. I was like, but people was vibing with me. They were, they were, it was just a it was just an experience. I was like, I gotta post on Insta Story. Because I'm like, I can't be the only one watching this. This is like the musicianship is just how y'all get to revision those Christmas classic songs, it just blew my mind. It's like, how did y'all take these? It's like I took them to a whole nother level. Yeah. And I love that kind of artistry and musicianship to where y'all just, the, just go. And then there's a, a moment where it's like, okay, you know it's practice, but then also it's like a free flow at the same time. It's just it right. You can, but you can look and tell we had fun. Like, that was crazy. We, we had said we wanted to you know, just kind of do something live and um, mm-hmm. we had some bumps and bruises that I like I didn't like just for example um I had the drums in the same room with everything and it was just bleeding over through the mics but mm-hmm. I got to a point like I don't care like it's we want people to experience the Venus experience like good or bad you know we just gonna show them how we have show and how we have fun doing it and it was like the response was good. We were like, okay, so yeah, like enough. Those are and the Serena's from our. Oh, okay. the, the Serena's. I feel like Serena's Jesus. were like the icing on the cake. Like, yeah, like they, yeah, I was they, like, they, they, everybody was vibing. Right it was like, it was like, it was like right moments in. where y'all were hitting the vamp. I forgot what I was saying. And I mean, y'all playing, and the vamp came 
the musicians is bobbing and then the background vocalists they were by i was like this is a whole party situation it just felt good the atmosphere just it was like you wanted to be there type of energy right from- yeah 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 you know we released that that christmas album in like 2014 so it was kind of old we like mm-hmm. we want to kind of bring life to it and you know yeah, it was it was a good experience. So hopefully, that, I don't know. I don't know if Tracy gonna be back. That will be great for us to be able to redo another show. But you know, Tracy's in Vegas right now. So yeah, we kind of been I, uh, on a hiatus right now. So I, I gotta I gotta catch y'all. And what I I have to catch a live show. Or just get this experience live. I just keep saying yes. that. I'm like one day I'm I gotta experience the Venus band like live in person because I gotta get this energy because I know it's dope watching it from home. Uh, it's just the chemistry because we I mean got little things that we do so we look at each other. It's just I don't know. It's just a really really cool vibe seeing us live and it's like people are like I can really tell y'all like enjoy yourself y'all enjoy what you do you know and i'm like yeah if we having fun on stage then it it'll translate to the audience you know and they'll enjoy the show as well so yeah it's it's really shout cool. out to I, the I venus band yes yes shout out to the venus yeah, band. So. y'all y'all all amazing all amazing yes. my last Touché. question right okay. my last question is like again, you you talked about your experience, the good, the bad. I want to know just in terms of the growth and evolution from when you started. Your intent, what was your intention then versus now, and, and what's the intention? What was your intention from the beginning, and is it the same now, or has it evolved? Uh, okay, starting now, I just wanted to play. But now I wanna not only play, I wanna inspire people, whether it be from me playing drums or through me uh, writing or producing. So now it's for me, I feel like I was put on this earth to inspire other, at one point I used to think it was just female musicians, but it's just to motivate people. And I feel like that's what I've been put on this earth to do. Like, you know, you can do anything you put your mind to it nothing is out of reach you know that's my Mm -hmm. mindset nothing is out of reach you know it's just you have to work for it Mm -hmm. and so yeah i think that you know like i said when i just started out was just i just wanted to play music but it's much much bigger than me just only playing music it's me trying to inspire and impact everybody so yeah I have this game I play with all the guests. I'm, I think you're kind of, I don't know if you're familiar with it. It's called the What's Wrong With You game. Okay. Self-explanatory. Is it either or game? I basically take artists, not necessarily a comparison. It's like, who do you listen to more on your playlist is the okay. base of the game. And so, yeah, I guess I, is who, and you figure in the catalog. So, if you listen to more of this artist, add in the production and songwriting as well. If you know they're, if you know they produce or wrote for other people, you can add it okay. as part okay. of the playlist as well. Okay, the first artist, artist, I should say, uh, Marvin Gaye or Teddy Pendergrass. Ooh, Mar- Marvin Gaye. One because he started okay. out on drums, 
So I'm being biased right, right. now. <laughs> Sets in German. Okay. Uh, yeah, you you talking right on that. The next one is the OJs or the Whispers. Ooh, I say the OJs just because I I love Eddie Levert. So yeah, mm-hmm. he just gives me just yeah yeah. So I'm gonna be biased <laughs> right now. <laughs> Prince or James? Now you can't you can't put Prince and 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 James in the same. No. But I, I'm, oh yeah, I'm, absolutely. I'm gonna say I'm going with the originator. Let's let's go with James because everybody. Okay. Yeah. 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 Listen, those were all trick questions. Either one, you would have went with that. You got it right. I you make can, up yeah, the rules as I go. Yeah, you can't go wrong with neither. Yeah, you can't go wrong with I, Prince or James. But yeah, yeah, I feel like James is who I, we yeah. all put well, ourselves after. People always say because the 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 most known one is the MJ versus Prince one, and it's like ah, that's not a. Yeah, I, I hated those. I hated one. that comparison. That was, a, that was a hard one too. I don't, ooh, oh, I, nah. But Prince and Rick James were on the same level because they were multi instrumentalists and produced their and that's own. What, that's why I would. That's the only reason why I would have chosen Prince because he like yeah. you say he's multi instrument. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, in the catalog, both of them wrote for their uh, group singers, so. Big hit records and stuff, so yes. they were on the same level to me. That's why I put them together. But the way you would have went with it, you would have got it right because yeah. I make up the rules yeah, as yeah. I go. But also okay. with me making, okay. also with making up the rules, we're at the part of the game now where you have to get all of these right, or you get a what's wrong with you. So no pressure. Uh, yeah, you have okay. to get all these okay. right, or you're gonna get a what's wrong. Okay, this is Michael Jackson specific. Off, off, or. Thriller. Oh, off the wall. Okay. Off the wall. Yeah, right. no, off the wall. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Next one. Uh, Miss Patty LeBeau or Miss Aretha Franklin. I'm gonna tell you, I'm going with Aretha. Okay. I'm going with Aretha. Yeah. Okay. So, are you? Are you is that your final answer that you going with Aretha, Miss Aretha? I'm going. I'm going with Aretha. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so that was not what you were supposed to pick. You're supposed to pick what I picked. That's the rules of the game. And so <laughs> since you did pick up those, I go. So one of the rules I made up is you got exactly 15 seconds to name me three Aretha songs. Go ahead. Clock is starting. Okay. Okay. Daydreaming. I'm thinking of you. Doctor Feel Good. Um. Rock steady. I y'all okay. know most people would have probably said natural woman and all that. Resp- no, like no, we gonna go. Yeah. <laughs> Say a prayer for you. Okay, like, I can keep going. Oh, I'm okay. Prince. Yeah, okay. <laughs> give me get album cut. Give me give me one album cut. From who? Aretha. From from, a, from Aretha. Yes. Um, what's that? Um, for a minute, hold on, I'm trying to think of the name of the song. Because uh, it has a funny beat. Man. I can't think you of it. With the rock steady. I, 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 you know what? I was going to give you... You know what? You don't have to pick an album cut because you said rock steady. If y'all going to pick a song, I, I I want y'all to pick rock steady. And since you pick rock yeah, steady, because yeah. that's I, the, Yeah, I like, I like rock steady, but... Because like that's the steady. grooviest joint. I think Ever. it's oh say a little say a little prayer for you because they got that forever 
that ever uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that beat on that. Yeah. So it's yeah, yeah, yeah. but no, yeah. But no, yeah, Rocksteady is, is I just like the drums on Rocksteady. Mm-hmm. Dr. Yeah. Feelgood is good uh, too. Very churchy. That that was gospel yes. right there. Uh-huh. Very gospel R and B. But uh yes. you pick rock you pick you pick the, the one right there. And so I usually give if you don't pick what I pick, I usually give negative seventeen points in this game. But since you said rock steady, I'm gonna give seven but you're gonna get uh, okay, I'll be fair and give you negative two because you were supposed to pick give me negative rules two. Is, even what what about yeah, daydream give me negative two. Daydream, oh yeah. Yeah, the the, 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 the yeah, okay, yeah. If you pick um I, I think it's just the pianist. The pianist, you would you would know that one. Yes, it, I listen. I, I'm more of a I'm a drummer girl, so I I'm, I rock with the the, the piano. Piano's cool, song joints, but the like I said, the rock steady, that that yeah. drumming and that bass that, is the drumming that bass. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But if you would say, "Baby, I love you," because that one's groovy too. If you would have said that one, oh, you would have to. Baby, I don't think I know. I don't think I know. I'm gonna have to go listen to that one. Maybe I'll let you. I love you. Really do the baby, baby. I love. I've got the. Oh, I, I'm not good not, with the lyrics. Okay, let me go. With the, it's okay. groovy. It's groovy. Okay. Groovy. You know it. You gonna know it as soon as you hear it. It's just the titles. You know, musicians ain't okay. good with lyrics. You know, and, we know. Yeah, we I, know. <laughs> the titles. We, we just yeah. know the melody. That's it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Um, like I said, you get 15 or 17 points you get negative two points I, i'll be nice and, and, and you know negative two uh the next one baby face or brian mcknight oh baby face then go talking right you get it <laughs> now you you got negative two you got a plus 25 how about that because you said yeah. it right off oh, the bat yeah. talking right okay the next one i've added a couple of I feel like they're great conversation starters. Okay. This one, uh, what's the men or jealousy? I'm going with jealousy because they just, they, I mean, they just flat foot saying like, yeah, they, yeah. That old, they was the, the Bobby Walmack of the 90s. They were right. that KC. Yes. Yes. We sang yes. them. Uh huh. Okay, so you you acing it now. Uh, after the refund, you, you acing it. Okay, the next one, SWV or Escape. I'm just saying this. So SWV is my favorite group. So even if you pick the most random person uh, group, I'm still rocking with SWV. So yeah, we're going with SWV. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Oh. You oh, I brought this in there because of the verses. I thought it was clear as day. Like even when they were just speculating before they even confirmed it, I'm like, oh yeah, SWV all day. And it was a lot. This was the biggest debate social media. On platforms oh yeah, from I Instagram, mean, that was, Twitter, that was cool, but people yeah, was, no, like, I was fighting with people. On, like, are y'all serious? <laughs> they had seven hit singles on one album. Like. They could have won yes. just off the seven. Just off that one, yeah. Hot hits. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. like, not the diss, and it's not just the escape. You know, cute gowns, they nice gowns. Yeah. Lovely. Yes, nice Lovely gowns. gowns. Yes. <laughs> but 
when you talk about pound for pound, it's the like just I mean, from uh, when you talk about like just being a musician when you travel and see what songs get people going. I've never heard any unless it was a specific urban spot. Not to this any you know I'm not trying to be I'm just trying to be honest. Unless it was a specific urban spot area in certain cities, escape is played. But when you talk about worldwide hits. Like a TLC, SWV is neck and neck with with TLC in terms of Absolutely. worldwide. Absolutely, yeah. No, Atlanta it's is like, like the only city they, that really like escape. Like they're the end. I don't hear them life. anywhere. I don't hear like they have hits. I'm not going to deny their hits, but when you talk they do about have hits, world, but when you talk ability, about like, yeah, the talent. vocal ability, when you talk about just songs you can play. With mixed gathering, like it don't matter if it's kids, like it's shaped right. more like grown folk, like it was like like relationship type messaging, like even though yes, uh, you had anthems and whatnot, but they still had songs in there that was love and you know like right here the the yeah. human nature mm-hmm. mix and mm-hmm. you know you can play it anywhere. I don't really hear Escape played at every venue. Oh no! Yeah, no. You know, nah. that's just that. I'm just being honest. You know, no disrespect yes. to them. I know they're supposed to be collaborating, and I know I think they're supposed to be doing a show in Canada in like a week or two for some. Okay. I think it's part of that. Uh, they have a show coming out there with touring, or they uh, uh, SWV and Escape the Rob Reality show coming out. Oh, that's so I right. I think I yeah that. yeah mm-hmm. yeah. I think that show in Canada they're taping for that to show like big oh, yeah okay oh, you know okay. whatever because they're about to drop a biopic SWV next year or whatever so they're preparing for that stuff. But SWV just all around. I mean, from yeah, from period. the time they Greatest came out, I've been a fan. I, I remember seeing them in the airport, and I'm the type of person I. Too much stuff don't really impress me. So I'm fanning out. And I was with Venus. They like, girl. And they, I mean, doing the show, I'm like, my hands up, singing all the songs. They were like, we ain't never seen you act like that. I said, nah, SWV, they bring that out of me. <laughs> yeah. They're, and they're great live performers. Like, yeah. Coco they, I've been to so many of their it. live shows. She has it. Yes. Mm-hmm. Coco mm-hmm. is just unable. That I know she's like one of the purest. Soprano, next to Faith Evans, one of the next uh, top best sopranos to come out of the 90s during that time. Yes. Mm-hmm. And speaking of Faith Evans, this is a bonus. Speaking of, this is a bonus. Okay. Okay. Faith Evans or Mary J. Blige? I thought you was going to say Kelly Price. Um. <laughs> That's that's a hard that's a hard one because I used to love the what's the four one one but then I love the faith so I'm going with the talent now faith will mop the floor with Mary but Mary had more hits than faith so I'm but I'm going with talent okay I'm gonna have to choose I'm gonna okay. have to choose let faith. me let me oh you know what you talking right you got the bonus but since you <laughs> mentioned the debut albums. Let me let me do it like this. Let me. I, I'm just curious on what you're. Okay, Dave. What's the four one one versus Faith? Which one you going with? Oh, I'm taking what's the four one one. Oh, down. Okay, okay. Are you familiar with Faith's sophomore album? Uh, Keep the faith. 
Cause they had an all night long weekend dance, 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 dance. That song is yeah. on there. And then Caramel Kisses and uh what else is on there? Uh but you, never gonna Here's my thing. You can't put out a first freshman album that has nothing but hits and then a sophomore that's just eh, like to really No, the sophomore it was it. Now Mary was consistent. Like that first album, then her second album was good too. So I mean See, I think the total opposite. I think Mary's was just a like a just a a mirage of just like samples and songs from hip hop artists. Yeah, it yeah. was more hip hop oriented and R and B to me. Like it wasn't a clear like, oh, this is an R and B up face. It was like it was like gospel. Like she had R and B. Yeah, it gave me yes. It, when I say nailed it, yes, yeah, yeah. I would I, say I, I would give I would give Faith the debut if we go on Faith versus Mary with debut. I would give. Faith to debut, and then I would because you going off, Mary, you going off talent. You got no, no, I'm going off of just song for song, like just I uh, like I Mary said, had a lot a of hits, a lot of radio hits on that record, though. She did, but when you listen to the album, it's like okay, it is a bunch of Shout out to Corey Runer for pro- producing on there, but it, she had it. some songs that just didn't, it just didn't fit well like the rest of and then that's not her favorite album anyway because she didn't have really? she didn't feel like she had no she loves my life my life is her album okay that, that because was, of the that personal the that personal journey record. with that album but my yeah, life i yeah. think is untouchable face sophomore album was yes. dope too it does it doesn't have many it's the first album yeah, that's probably what it is then. I think I kind of fell asleep, but you're right. She did have you can dance. That was a good one. <laughs> the face, I listen to I listen to I love both of them though. Fantastic. No, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go back. I'm gonna go back and listen to the second. I'm gonna I'm gonna give her I'm gonna listen, listen to the second ears. album. And guess what? You mentioned Kelly Price. Kelly Price is singing background on uh listen to No Way. Uh Kelly co wrote on No Way on the Keep the Album singing background on it. Really? Then when you see when I be yeah. thinking about verses, I be thinking about ta- you got the talent. Like, don't give me hits and give me talent. Like, I feel like Faith and Kelly can go toe to toe as it relates to talent. Like, see, yeah. See the verses to me, it when it started out, it was mostly just you know Swiss and Tim, just the ego battle because they were like mm-hmm. going hit for hit. And then it started with the songwriters. It was just songwriters like with uh uh what's my man's name? Uh Austin. Um oh I forgot his first name. That's- uh he went against no no um dang I forgot his name. But he he wrote uh for Mary Be Without You and uh Mariah Carey. I mean Mariah Carey's uh We Belong Together. Okay. And anyway. Ah, I forgot his name. Uh, I, his name is escaping me, but he okay. oh John Jonta Austin. That's what his name is, Jonta. Okay, but he's a part of Jermaine. Like they all the collective, uh, like Brian. Uh, uh, you know Michael Cox, of yeah. Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Brian Michael Cox. Yeah, part of that whole camp where they were co-writers and 
produce records and whatnot. He's part of JD's camp order. But okay. that it started with them. John, I think he went against uh, Neo. And Neo, he he wrote a lot of music, and then it w- it went to the Dream and Steve Garrett, and then it branched uh, out to the artist. Then it started to the artist, but it really started like with a humble type thing. Okay, okay. Bad internet service. <laughs> it, that, they, they yeah, were, that, like, yeah, that baby it, face it became a whole production. crash. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. yeah. time, but he was just doing too much. He was just trying to hook the rig up. He was trying to do a whole musician thing. It's like, nah, that ain't gonna translate on Instagram. Instagram is, is yeah. it that is it that sophisticated? It's not made for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's like no, just play the song, song with your phone, and keep it. Here. Yes. Get you a speaker and make sure it's not too close to the laptop, and then and go play, bike it. Yeah. <laughs> I think they kind of slowed up on it now because I haven't saw any more releases because of uh, some kind of controller. So, yeah. but I enjoyed the Patty Lavelle versus Gladys Knight one. That one touched my soul, and the the Isley Brothers versus Earth Wind and Fire. Oh, oh yeah, that was good. Yeah, Incredible. yeah. And, and then, but yeah, I go down there. But thank you much for coming on my podcast, on Soul Savage Podcast. I just want to say it's really, I, I know I said I was inspired, but it's also just a relief that there's still musicians that are dedicated to the craft in, in an earnest way and not a, not always a financial way, because I know that's. A priority, you know, if you're doing it right. full time, mm-hmm. but just mm-hmm. just the vent and the inclination to have a vision to come from your mind and put it out into the world is such a process, and you do that effortlessly just from watching your journey and things that you publish. You started, or even just having your own studio, like that's not an easy feat, and and, and a successful one at that, a one that continuously you're you're constantly evolving it and and you're inspiring other people to be like you know i, I can do it too and it's it's, right. it's just the example you're becoming the example of being the all-around musician not just one that's you pigeonhole and be like oh no they just play just like i write i do all these different things and i think people get so caught up in want somebody to be one thing and I think you're the example of no I can do multiple things and not only can I do multiple things I can excel at it and I think you starting your own studio that's that's not just inspiring you say a a way for somebody to get the motivation to you know what even if I don't want to I can venture out to something else because you made you did the risk, you did it yourself, you put the work in, and it's, insp- it's inspiring me to do something else. And I think your journey is again, it's like a, it's certain people. It's like you you see the talent, but you realize it's not a talent. It's like a divine gift, like your your purpose, mm-hmm. because it's something you're purposely doing, and it's a journey to whoever you serve, whatever force superior force you believe in you believe in that and that's what's giving you the hope to in the faith to do venture out in all the projects you're doing and again i i commend you on that because that's not i know it's a journey i know it's not easy because i relate to your journey 100 percent, and i just really commend you on that because i know it's not easy and i just 
really, really taking everything that you said in this podcast. Hopefully the people listening take it in and understand that any dream that you go after, the work has to follow it. And also the earnest spirit, the continue it has to be there as well. And I like to know everything you got going on. And I hope, again, as your dreams, as you keep dreaming bigger, you know, I hope you accomplish all those things because I feel like your spirit and you starting doing this uh, Pots and Pans EP is the, the that for you to do that within a month in that short time span, I feel like you you probably could do anything. Like you got the the Marvel energy of <laughs> Thanos energy. You could do pretty much anything if you could Thank do that. You. But yeah, yeah. appreciate you. I, I, I appreciate you. Come on. You got to have Venus on. That's the song we're going to do. I'm going to have y'all on. Yeah, we have to have y'all on. Have a song. Like, we're going to make that work. I'm going to talk to them and we can figure out if uh, we can make that happen. So, you can you do multiple? Um, yeah, 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 yeah. At one time? I can get all y'all. Yeah, it's up to Oh, 10. yeah, okay. Okay, yeah, so we gonna, I'm going to talk to them and we'll I'll get with you and then we got to have the girls on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I got to have y'all on because, I, like I said, yeah. I'm such a fan y'all just just expertly uh um just 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 in your your dedication to the craft it shows the being a student of the music it shows through how you play as well i ain't gonna i ain't get how you are too because you just it's just the confidence it's the, the confidence that you exude it's the material it's just it's like you you embody everything of what a musician is supposed to be in terms of knowing the material and also not just knowing the material but knowing the placements and the patterns and how what what's driving the song and how how you want to end the song it's just your whole vibe when i watch your style of play is so unique and just you I just feel fun when i watch like it's just a fun feeling when i when i watch you play when you show your videos on instagram or any other outlet like youtube or whatever it's just fun energy and i feel like that's what it's about it's not about trying to put on all the musicians or other people why is just having fun in that moment and so right you're, you're yeah. one of the baddest out there i tell top 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 10 top 20 top 30 top 40 top 50 best drummers because you just, just you just have it it's just some people have it and some people don't and it's like you you just have that spirit and i think it's I, not just yeah. the technical parts of it you just have that spirit of a real drummer Wow. Thank you. I appreciate it. Even though, I, you know, sometimes I'll be like, I'm not a drummer. And I'm like, no, I do play drums. I have to literally, like, when I was doing this album, I had to tell myself, okay, you, you get in your drummer mode. Like, you're playing drums. Because usually I'm sitting in the chair like, no, don't do it like that. And then, So, yeah. But thank you. And you know what? Ellie, no problem. Look, Ellie Reed, it's a great read. Ellie Reed, uh, put out a book some years ago and I read it and it blew my mind because first off he started out playing like he was a, a session he was drummer he was yes. yeah yeah yes. the deal like they they started in a club so he's trying to make it as a drummer he's like in, inspired by you know James Brown's rhythm section he's trying to be the, the great of all time but then he got to that space to where it was like when he started producing he was like man I couldn't get that same feeling playing it live the production like me doing a drum program so all he made baby face he said he never played live drum. i was like it blew him up i was like what what 
can tell me all these songs that I love. You didn't play none of these live. You just figured out how to do it. Drum, drum programming. But that's because he was trying to capture something that he just, he felt like he couldn't do it with live instrumentation. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, now nah, I don't feel bad that I could never get all those feels in. Cause I was like, okay, this is why he had about 27 feels. And comes on. <laughs> yeah, I was like, that yeah. was the drum program. Cause I'm like, there's no possible mm-hmm. way you could have did this. But again, it's that I love when people are musicians like that are honest, like Prince. Like I remember watching a, a he was doing musicology to like 04 or 05. And I was watching the, the tape of it. And he started playing uh, <laughs> Tina Turner's Proud Mary. And he only started playing, I think, four bars. He was like, that's all I know. He was like, he's like, you really don't need all the songs. And, and I was like, that's a real moment. Because you think, like, people know songs inside it. And I know, right. they know it. It's like, and it's like those human moments. It's like, oh, okay, I can do this. If don't know, you know, only know so much. You know, I was like, yeah. oh, this is dope. But it's it's like moments like that, like reading L.A. Reid's book. It's like, oh, okay. And then I want to take a trick out. Yeah, it's, it's dope. It's dope. It, it, he talks. I love the the beginning parts of it. Him talking about being a musician. And then it got to his personal life, being married and having kids. But then it got back to the the mogul side of building up LaFace Records and how that all okay. came to be was dope. So, But, yeah, it's a great read. But uh, his his journey, I think I'm starting to mirror that because he's kind of not saying that you get tired of making music, but you start like you were saying, you do so many other things. You're doing uh, house renovations, you're doing flipping houses and you're doing some kind of journey as well. But he's still tied to the music. It's just he found other ways to be satisfied. Yeah, yeah, being a part of the exactly. industry. I love it. I'm definitely have to read that book. Yeah, thanks for. Put yeah. me on that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, LA Reed. Yeah, amazing. But thank you so much for coming on. Uh, where can they find you on social media? I am on Instagram. I just joined TikTok. Y'all bear with me. I'm trying to learn TikTok, but Facebook, Twitter, everything is J Latoya. J L A T O I Y A. Oh, and yes. I have a and make sure y'all go. Uh, yeah, you can uh, follow me on my website too, uh, jlatoya.com. Yes, y'all. Check out uh, Pots and Pans EP from Jay LaToya. You can find it on any digital outlet where you can stream. Uh, is it? Can you buy a physical copy of it? Or is it just available through streaming? It's just streaming. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Co- no, co- co- stream that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, listen, I don't know how much I got to send you, but uh, a Pots and Pans vinyl, I wouldn't be mad at that. Listen, it got that I was thinking about, yeah, no, like, yeah, I'll, okay, we got, we got to make this. This is full problem. I will, I will personally, I will personally buy, however much, if you want something for $50 or $100, I, I, I got know, you. I will, no, I'm going to work on it. Like, thank you for pushing me. Now, I'll print out vinyls before I print out CDs. Because, yeah, I think a lot of uh, people our age have, like, those Bluetooth um record player yeah. so yeah i'll know i'll be in contact yeah. with you yes we gonna make oh, that happen. i want one i i gotta have it but thank you so much for coming on like thank i said you. you can get on every streaming outlet uh digital outlet available and yeah make sure y'all y'all tune in and keep up with jay latoya this has been the soul savings podcast your host q lane green and we out we out peace Whether you need to be comforted, soothed, or relaxed, 
Soul Savviness got you. The ultimate getaway. You are listening to the Sounds of Soul Savviness podcast, where we are sure to put your mind, body, and soul at ease. 